Just before we get into today's episode, I want to cast your ears over here to this promo for a few minutes and explain why you might be missing out if you're not using Adobe Express. You've heard of Adobe, right? The chaps that brought you Illustrator, InDesign, and who hasn't been asked, has this been photoshopped? Adobe is a household name. But have you heard of Adobe Express? I hadn't until the back end of last year, and then, well, I did. Now, I'm not saying that in a few years' time, people will be asking you, where were you when you discovered Adobe Express? But they may ask why you didn't start using it sooner. Using Adobe Express allows endless opportunities to scale up your creatives and improve your efficiency and productivity, as well as anything I've seen or used. Creating and editing all your creative output with more customizable templates than a Rubik's Cube has variations. Well, all right, maybe not 43 quadrillion, but you get the idea. And that is just your basics. It's the funky little features that make a difference. Removing backgrounds from videos and images, resizing them, converting files, QR code generation, and animating your audio are all options that come in really useful and stop you scratching around over multiple apps to resolve simple issues. If you don't want to miss out on any of this, use one of the links in the show notes that will take you to a free trial of Adobe Express. Or why not supersize it and trial the complete Adobe Creative Cloud package, which includes Adobe Express, as you'd imagine. Oh yeah, bonus point. If you're already a Creative Cloud user, Adobe Express is right there waiting for you. Now let's do it. Construction is only just above agriculture and hunting in terms of digitalization, which is one that always shocks me. Welcome to Construction Disrupted the ultimate podcast for the construction industry, exploring the limitless possibilities at the dynamic intersection of construction and technology. Wow, that's a mouthful. Delve into the latest topics, news, events, expert insights, and marketing that are shaping the industry right now and in the future. We'll hopefully sprinkle a little bit of humor in there for you as well. I'm your guide, Peter Sumpton, and I run a construction technology marketing agency, Build Different. If you're ready to embrace disruption and unlock the potential of the construction industry, keep on listening and be part of the conversation that's reshaping the future of construction. If you're not, uh, I really wouldn't bother. It's, it's probably not going to be that interesting for you. Whether you're a construction technology professional or just part of the construction industry in general. This podcast is your go-to resource for staying informed, inspired, and of course, connected. Speaking of connected, the best way you can help to support this podcast is by sharing it far and wide and leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Right then, let's go and build different and get disruptive. We've all been there, haven't we? And it always feels like we're on the receiving end of it. Talking about late payments. Probably because most of us are decent humans. I don't know. Late payments for something or another. And depending on your financial situation, that can be a brief oversight or a disastrous situation to be in. But should this be a situation we ever find ourselves in at all? Yeah. 
if you're in financial difficulty, then there is a valid reason for late payments. But there is also no shortage of technologies that can help you out here, that can manage finances, provide warnings, easily resolve late payment issues, both in our daily lives and commercially. With this in mind, it can be highly frustrating to work in an industry that relies on collaborative efforts to construct and build. Yet when it comes to purchase orders, invoicing, and of course payments, there seems to be a disparity. I've been lucky enough to work on a recent research project alongside the FIS, AMA Research, and the University of Reading. Procurement in the finishes, fit-outs, and interior sector, which highlighted these particular payment problems. Indeed, two out of three formally tendered work packages were asked to reduce the pricing retrospectively. And half of these respondents admitted that retention monies are rarely released on time. In short, we all know that payments are an issue within construction. And this just isn't a UK-wide issue. This occurs in other countries as well. But what can we do about it? Is tighter legislation the answer? More openness and transparency? Or does tech have the answer? Our guest today is Fiona Graham, a Senior Business Development Manager for PayApps, cloud construction software for submitting, assessing, and approving progress payments for main and subcontractors. PayApps have recently released Building Reliance through technology reports for both the UK and Australia New Zealand, which highlights the issues we may have when integrating technology into our payment systems. And it seems one thing that may be contributing to these issues is the perception of digital adoption. Two quotes that stood out to me from both reports were, we're a small company and just don't always have the time to research or find out about these things. And the other one was we are slower to purchase new technologies that would benefit the company. And some employers or employees find it hard to adapt to using new technologies, which is kind of worrying. But but back to Fiona, who has worked within construction for over 20 years now, from British Gas to Causeway Technologies and now PayApps. So that was a long intro but Fiona welcome thank you morning have I missed anything off that that long intro there uh, no I don't think so obviously it's it's a very niche product and and it's um but it comes with a with a lot of different uh problems along the way and, and what you're saying about adoption yes there is always that perception that you know oh should we do it there's fear of change and things like that but um certainly with yeah. our product it's very much plug and play so they're we can get them up and running in three weeks. So yeah, you were pretty spot on, Peter. Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. Right. Let's <laughs> let's rewind a little bit. Um in, in doing research for this um this this podcast, uh, what one thing that, that stuck out to me at a stat was that it was 30% of all construction businesses spend more than seven hours a week chasing late payments. Now, even if that was just 10% still one in 10 businesses are spending more than seven hours chasing money. So yeah. how have we got to this stage where payment practices are so poor in our industry? Oh, I, I think, you know, the, the businesses, all businesses are, are coping with a lot of industry challenges just now. So mm. we've obviously got inflation, we've got shortage of materials, shortage of labor, and then you've had a pandemic, which has been thrown into the mix as well. 
And I think that really is driving the, the profit margins on construction projects, certainly in the UK, are super tight. Um, mm. I was looking up the other day and there was um, a study from 2021 from Turner and Townsend. And mm. UK construction sector is the lowest margin in the world. So it's 3.9 uh, average um, wow. margin there. And that's compared to North America, which is 4.6, and in the continent is 6.1. And then if you actually drill into even further, you've got construction news that are saying that the top 100 average is 2.6, top 10, a loss of 0.1. So I think it just affects all of the tiers right from your top tier right the way down. So it's, it's that tight squeeze on it. Um, and I think that's really why we've got to where, where we are, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and, and it compounds right through the supply chain, doesn't it? Uh, and exactly. And I think that... Yeah. That's what one of the issues. Do, do you think what we've been through for the past three to four years has uh, um, sped things up in terms of highlighting poor payments or has it just been a continuation from prior to the pandemic and all of the things going on in the world? I, I think it, obviously there's a huge focus on it at the moment. There's lots of stuff going on. You've got the prompt payment code and, and stuff. There is a focus and I think obviously the pandemic just kind of compounded everything so yeah um yeah and just where we are is, is something that needs to be addressed most definitely okay cool so i i noticed in some um uh, i think it was a blog post that payapps did and it was it was quoting uh backs payment services and some research they'd done and it said that 75 percent of uk businesses uh are forced to wait a month so 30 days mm. and maybe a bit more beyond the agreed it's quite good 30 days is good. <laughs> well but th that's beyond <laughs> the agreed contract terms so if and and i've i've been um you know privy to this in 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 that some of those can be 60 days and i've even seen 90 days what implications are there to 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 lay on on poor payment practices but obviously, they can be catastrophic, so it can seriously impact your client's contractual ability to be able to deliver both on time, specification, and within budget. And that's why we're seeing, I think, there was one I read earlier that 44% of projects end up in a loss. So that's that's really quite shocking as well. And obviously, in extreme cases, it can lead to um, insolvency of, of uh, mm. companies. And obviously, you've got your business relationships, they start to break down, so they're not getting paid. And your supply chain is key to, to running your, your business. Um, mm. That can impact your reputation and then your ability to win work off the back of that. So it starts to get into this big snowball effect that, you know, goodness knows where we could end up with it. So so, so if, if 40 odd percent is actually running at a loss, uh, do, do you feel the 60 or, or 50 X percent um, you, you'd almost have to try and increase that profitability of those to make up for that loss. And and, and that in itself is worrying and is an, an issue because nobody can sustain that in terms of adding money on to recoup lost money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. I think I think there's a lot being done to to tackle it at the moment. As I say, we've got the prompt payment code, which is obviously depending on the size of the company, the, they are judged on whether they pay them mm. within 30 days. And there were some encouraging figures came out last week from Build UK. So I think the latest okay. figures were saying that invoices paid within 60 days had reached 95% from 82. 
And then we had average time to pay invoices from 30 days was, uh, was now 30 days from 45. I think the other thing to mention here is that the focus is very much on um, the volume. So when you're getting paid, but not on the actual okay. value. So you might be getting paid on time, but you're possibly not getting paid for all of the work that you've done. So I think that's where the, the metrics kind of get a wee bit skewed um, mm. as to the assessment. And also the thing that the clock on the payment time um, doesn't start, only starts when the application has actually been certified. So you've got this block in between, which is hiding behind the figures that everybody's going whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So the block behind, which is obviously where pay apps comes in, because that's what we do. We do the verification of the of the actual applications or claims if you're working in Ireland. For, for sure. And, and I feel that, that we'll move on to technology in, in a little bit, um, because I think that's that's fundamental to, to trying to sort this all out. But when you start to look at data, as you rightly pointed out, it is so easy for figures to be to be skewed, to look positive, to look negative, to look neutral, uh, dependent on, on how you see those figures and, and view them as well, which yeah. in itself causes issues for reporting and analysis. And not just that, but, but all, almost doom-mongering and scaremongering yeah. in the fact yeah. that, that um, people aren't getting paid uh, as, as regularly as, as they should, should be. And that almost sets a, a bar or a precedent, really, um, which other people could potentially be drawn into. I think there's there's an importance on guidelines or legislations or or, or even just facts and figures and and, and stats. Um, and there was one quote from Planning, Building, Construction Today um, that I read. I really don't think this goes far enough, but I, I want to get your your take on it. And and they said in order for it to work well, which they're talking about payment practices and, and things like that, there must be a clear a agreement and records as to who is to be paid for what and when um that's fine great anyone can produce clear guidance and records and things like that but how how much would that help do we need to legislation and laws and i suppose to escalate it fines and penalties would that actually help or is that just going to add to the mix of confusion and, and and not really help at all? Yeah, I think it, gosh, it probably will add to the confusion. See, we have got the dates just now, but they're all hiding behind, you know, different caveats there that it, the clock doesn't start ticking until it's actually verified. So I think there is obviously with the Construction Act in there, you have a certain amount of time to get your, when you should have your application mm. in, when it should be verified and then when it should be paid. So we do have that legislation in there. Um, in Ireland, obviously, have the Contracts Act, which is not quite as strict as in the UK. So, so you're five yeah. days and then you're, you're 21. So we do have legislation in there. Um, it's just how do you actually monitor it? But obviously, in, in the UK, this there is always a risk of a smash and grab if you do miss a date, um, which, from our point of view, is actually, you know, companies are looking to be able to streamline that and to manage that and the, manage that compliance by using our software. So that's that's good. Okay. But obviously in Ireland, it's slightly different. It's not quite as big a risk and they are very much you know, done on a handshake in Ireland. So it's, it's slightly different from the UK to Ireland. Um, but we do have that legislation in there. We do have the, um, the Construction and the Contracts Act already in place. So I think okay. we're getting there. We just need to manage the process better. 
And obviously you can't do that when you're doing it on spreadsheets. So if if you're using software, then you can see clearly when the date was done, whether you missed it or whether you didn't miss it. Whereas if it's a kind of blurry line when you're in spreadsheets or getting lost in in QS's inboxes or getting bounced back, which is where we're at. I mean, even some of the biggest tier ones are still relying on spreadsheets and emails. So it's, uh, Yeah. yeah. It's quite scary. I always go back to um, uh, the report from McKinsey, which uh, actually says that construction is only just above agriculture and hunting in terms of digitalization, which is one that always shocks me. That must have watches tractors and things like that on, on, on telly and stuff like that. And their tech's pretty advanced, to be fair. So, yeah, well, um, we might be up getting to the bottom of that table soon if we don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Going back to one thing you said there, and and I know there is a difference between how they work in in Ireland, how they work in in the UK. Are there any other differences in in, in those two um, countries and and the way, um, you know, payments work or the way the the industry works in general from a payment perspective? Um, I would say I would say very much in Ireland, it's very much done in a handshake. So, mm. you know, if, if a subcontractor did try and do a smash and grab, I, I doubt how long, much longer they'd be working in, in Ireland. Um, so I think that's probably the, the biggest difference, to be honest. And and there is yeah. only just the, the two dates here. It's, it's slightly more complicated once you get into the Construction Act within UK. Mm. Uh, and and that's, that's really interesting that, that you say that because... You know, we've, we've just spoken about legislation and, and how that could potentially help or hinder things. And then you're speaking about Ireland, which is done on a handshake, so to speak. And the one that kind of stuck out there is that in Ireland, it's less contractual from that perspective, like we're saying. But if you missed a deadline or a date or a payment, then you'd probably your reputation would be more tarnished. Whereas if it goes by the rules and regs of the UK, your reputation might not be that tarnished because it's under a ruling, which is a bit strange, yeah. really. You'd think it'd be the other way yeah. around. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit strange. I think if you're working in, in London, obviously there, there's a lot, lots of work. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's move on to the the tech now, which is obviously your your <laughs> your bag um, and how you help uh, the the construction industry. Um, the going back to the building resilience through technology report from from uh, pay apps, the one you did for for the UK. Uh, there was a statement in there that said over half of the businesses that are digitally ahead stated that technology has helped their business achieve better financial management. So that's like pretty much a no-brainer, really, isn't it? Um, one thing that was really interesting, though, was that technology set also helped them, or 60% of the business said that technology helped them retain or attract talent, which is which is an interesting start in itself. Um I think we'll come on to that talent bit in a second. But the one thing that I'd like to know from technology perspective is how is it helping resolve the payment issues? The payment issues. Well, historically, obviously, payment process and very much still there's a lot of spreadsheets out there. So this coming yeah. in in inconsistent formats, they're getting lost in inboxes. So you can lead to miscalculations, which can end up in disputes or you know not paying people enough or paying them too much, mm-hmm. which we've had in some occasions, um, the actual time spent just reconciling all these different formats. So if you're getting something in from a subcontractor, you're having to reconcile it back to your format. Um, and then the, the risk of missing dates, 
So especially mm. keeping compliant to the Construction Act if you, um, you're having to remind yourself in Outlook, whereas our system actually reminds you, reminds you to do that. And then it just streamlines the whole process. It's in one platform, one common set of data. You don't have to do all of that reconciling. You don't have to chase payment because you can see exactly where it is. And from a cash flow point of view, as soon as that subcontractor submits their application, you can see what liabilities you have for that month rather than them mm -hmm. sitting in. If you've got four or five QSs, they're sitting in their inboxes. You only get sight of what's going due to go out of your business once you've verified it. So it's having that insight and that visibility across all of your projects um, in one place and in real time. Uh, so in terms of cash, which we know with tight margins, you really need to know what's due to go out your business, then that can help yeah. you there. Um, and obviously not getting bogged down in admin, you can actually be doing something which is value add to the business rather than having to check whether hmm. Fiona's messed a sell up that's absolutely knocked your whole spreadsheet to pot. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. hopefully it makes it simpler for both the subcontractor uh, and the main contractor, simpler, fairer, and faster, which is obviously one of our taglines. So the, the the interesting thing is that if you look at it from your own your own life and your own bank account uh, and your own financials and your own money, uh, unless well, unless you're not very good at, at that kind of thing, um, if you try to do that via a spreadsheet and not some kind of banking app or online. Um, and I suppose I'm talking to an older generation with more financial commitments, um, then you're going to really struggle to, to do it if you're trying to do that just on a spreadsheet or, or pen and paper. But yeah. we still do that in, in construction and in business, like you just it's said, which, it just doesn't make sense. That's absolutely crazy. And, you know, one of the things we always get from main contractors, oh, what about our subcontractor adoption? To be honest, using the tech makes it easier because they might not be very good at Excel. <laughs> they might not be mm. very good yeah. and, and just mess up a cell, a formula. And, and that's the whole thing, you know, um, prone to errors. So mm. I think, yeah, you're 100% you're, you're right. You, who would manage and, their own and, finances on a spreadsheet? <laughs> And adding on to that, if they're not very good at tech, then which is going to be easier to use, a spreadsheet or an app, which does most of it for you. But I get, I understand the fact that people will probably hear the word app and think, oh, that sounds new technology. I can't use that. I'll just stick to a spreadsheet because yeah. that looks simpler. Exactly. I think that's it. I think it's just a fear of change. And mm. even if you think of the subcontractors, they're getting asked to submit their applications in different formats. So they're having to chop and change. Whereas if they use a system such as PayApps, it's all in one format. It's all there for them. All they need to do is basically go down and click, I've completed 50% of that, or I want £5,000 of that. And mm -hmm. here's my supporting evidence. I'll just add a picture and press and go. <laughs> <laughs> so compared uh, yeah, to having yeah. to wade your way through a spreadsheet and the fear of actually, as I say, errors getting creeped in, creeping in on, on the actual formula within those spreadsheets. And, and it's all those added extras and all those little things that, that are, are pretty simple and easy to pick up. Like you said, um, like a, a photo of an invoice or showing the work's been done or, or um, whatever it might be from, from a, a technology perspective. To, to make it and keep it simple, um, to, to add that authenticity, to add that structure, security, loads of different things um, that can be hugely important. 
um, and make life a lot easier. Uh, it can be done through pay apps and, and, and you know, other apps are available. I think yes. we, should, we similar need to say solution. that. Yeah, yeah, similar solutions. <laughs> similar solutions, yes. So one one final question then, really. Uh, we, we've spoken a little bit about the industry and a fair bit about individual organizations and, and um, their issues with spreadsheets and, and, and technical adoption and things like that. But I'd quite like to understand it more in an industry-wide perspective. I understand, or I think everybody does right now, that current practices in this industry are, are surprisingly manual. I think we yeah. can all agree on that. Why or what are the barriers to industry-wide change? Why are we struggling so much with this? I, th I think it is, as I said earlier, I think it is the fear of change. And I think okay. they've got very busy, they're very busy doing stuff. So you've got all the new tech on site, but sometimes you maybe forget about the back office, um, mm -hmm. you know, because we've always done it that way. It's, it's just worked. Okay. It's, we've, always, we've always done it that way. And I think also if you look at implementation of an ERP solution, that can be really quite painful. Everybody who's gone through an ERP implementation would be like, oh gosh, I don't want to do that again. Um, yeah. So I think there is that fear like, oh, do I really want to go through this? There is a, that fear of change and like, is this going to be really hard? But solutions such as ourselves are very much software as a service, plug and play. We always say we can have them have a company up and running in three weeks. And that's both mm -hmm. on your subcontractor side and your side because mm -hmm. It is you just log in and do it and we can actually do it quicker than that so I think there is that fear and there's also I've been through that pain previously that do I really want to change things just now because it is working I, I just need to get my jobs done and stuff like that yeah. so I think I, I think but I think there also is everybody knows there is a need to be able to digitize the data so the data from when you've got a design through to when you're estimating it through to when what's actually costing you on site to be able to manage your cash flow to be able to get those margins up there is a, a real I think everybody recognizes that they need to be able to understand that better because otherwise hmm. you're going to be pricing it the same all the time because that's what your estimates are doing because you don't actually realize it's losing money at the other end. So I think there is an acknowledgement within the industry that they do need to get a handle on that data from start to finish of a project mm -hmm. right through to maintenance. But there is that fear factor in the middle that goes, oh, do I really want to do this? <laughs> But hopefully we're chipping away at it, and yeah, for sure. And 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 your website is full of valuable information, and you're always pulling out reports and and stuff like that, which is fantastic to see because it's it's a really good value add, and hopefully it, it reduces that fear. Um, so I'd, I'd advise anyone to have a look at your website and and, and check out some of that information um, because it makes it makes perfect sense um, why people should that digital adoption, particularly from a payment perspective yeah. uh, if if nothing else and it, it, it's it, it's so counterintuitive uh, not to think of it from a long-term perspective because if you get so, it sorted out now life becomes a lot easier and you can focus on your day job yes. and everything else you're doing whereas if you're having to manually input things and 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 make sure calculations are adding up there will be errors and you will miss stuff um, yeah, and, and from a, a an industry-wide perspective that 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 will just spread um yeah. right across the supply chain and errors become errors become 
major errors. Exactly, it's just that big snowball, exactly. And I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier about attracting the right skills, because young people don't want to be sitting working at a spreadsheet. <laughs> they want to have the, the up-to-date tech. They want it. So I think there is always, you know, there is that labour skill shortage within the industry as it is. So to attract yeah. the right people, I think they need to be investing in the right software um, because see, they want to be doing stuff that really, you know, makes money <laughs> rather yeah, than spending yeah. hours every month, every day, messing about with the spreadsheets. And and we've got to remember that that to attract this talent, that new talent that's coming through might be in other industries, uh, 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 just finding their feet in, in the world of work. They are all digital natives and, and that's all they've ever known. Yeah, um, exactly. They're much more likely to know and understand how apps and software work than they are a spreadsheet. That in itself is is a reason to... Uh, look to 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 get these things sorted quicker than normal. Be, not just for your own in, um, organization either, but for the good of the industry. You know, it, 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 th that's just a trickle down effect as much as it is the the late payments and the issues that that cause. From a positive perspective, yeah. let's end on a positive. Um, you know, the trickle down <laughs> effect of of uh, people starting to use technology and then other people catching on to it. You know, it'll yeah. just grow and grow and hopefully. Um, eventually you'll have a full supply chain which is which is totally digital and, and more efficient and effective fiona thank you so much for for, for coming on and taking the time to oh, talk to you. us about pay apps and the issues we've got in the industry but also adding a bit of positivity in there in terms of how uh if if we can look to uh, digitalize and utilize technology from a financial perspective the the advantages that that will give any organization that goes through that that short-term pain <laughs> for, for long-term yeah, yeah, pain exactly, exactly that is easy it's um yeah it's most definitely simple okay thanks once again thank you so much lovely thanks peter thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day and giving this a listen if you want to chat further about anything you've heard on today's episode have a topic or technology you'd like me to cover, or simply want to say, hiya, you'll find me on LinkedIn or through the emails, peter at builddifferent.marketing. Stay disruptive.